When the new year rolls around, it's only natural to start thinking about the year ahead and the resolutions you want to make. But how quickly do New Year's resolutions fall by the wayside? For many people, it's as early as two weeks into January. In fact, it's estimated that 80% of people that make resolutions will fail them all together. So this week, we'll be talking about the negative fallout of not reaching your resolutions and how to create goals in a way that'll help you to stay productive. Welcome to Empowering Productivity, the podcast that empowers you to break the mental chains that keep you from producing. Here are your hosts, Keely and Austin Reason. So how many times have you set out on your New Year's resolutions and then felt discouraged because you messed up the first time? A lot. Several times. (laughs) You know, I don't really identify that much with this, but I did put it in here because I do think a lot of people feel this way. Yeah. Um, It makes it really easy to stop trying you know, even if you have just one mistake, I know a lot of people say this when it comes to like dieting and stuff like, oh, well, I ate that thing. Look, I've eaten gopher balls for about two weeks, but I'm definitely going to have to stop at some point. You want to explain what that is? <laughs> they are peanut butter balls. Chocolate covered peanut butter graham covered. cracker balls. Yeah, they're really good. They're just little, little nuggets of amazingness. So some people may have the willpower to continue trying, but every time you fail, it kind of leads to a lot of negative emotions. Mm -hmm. That guilt spiral that we always talk about, you know. Or just a a spiral of like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot do this. If I can't do this, if I can't quit eating that thing, how on earth am I going to do anything else? That's right, yeah. And sometimes failure in one area leads you to feel like, well, you you know, if if I couldn't get this done, I can't do anything. And it just kind of perpetuates itself and then that idea that you can't accomplish the other thing leads to you not accomplishing the other thing which then you think well now you know and it just you know goes on and on and on so we had a conversation an interesting family conversation about this uh, the other day and we started off talking about how how your new year's resolutions can be actually like wrecking your pro- your productivity your production so anytime you get into that that downward spiral, that uh, negative talk spiral, it's going to affect your ability to get things done. When you feel like you're failing in one area of your life, it, it, it bleeds over and then it amplifies and it just snowballs out of control. And you have this looming problem over your head that takes your motivation, takes your ability to work on things that you are good at, things that you not only succeed at, but that you know you succeed at. Uh, even those things can be, can be impacted. And when you're in a, a production-based job, Struggling to get things done can can lead to all kinds of problems. It can lead to losing clients. It can lead to loss of income. It can lead to, you know, all of a sudden your one of your revenue streams may dry up because you let it uh, fall by the wayside. And that just kind of adds to the spiral, making it that much harder to, to pull up out of it. So if New Year's resolutions are hurting you, should you even really bother with them? If it's just going to send you down this path, down this spiral, what's the point? Well, we think that maybe you should give it a, a give it a shot, but maybe uh, think of think of the whole system, think of the whole habit that we have of these New Year's res- resolutions in a little bit different way. Um, and as has become a theme on our podcast, that's not always going to be the same way for for everyone. 
Yeah, I mean, the whole idea that I started the podcast was because I have worked with so many different types of personalities. In addition to the fact Austin and I handle literally everything different in life, we're complete opposites. And I know that even I myself, as somebody who's generally optimistic, I really struggle if I don't get, you know, if I don't reach that thing I set out to do. It can definitely put me in a funk. And when I was a solopreneur, it was just me and it was up to me to get the work done. It was even more of a detriment to the business if I was like in a negative, oh, I can't do it kind of attitude because then I couldn't get anything done. I had this looming thing over my head like I got to fix it. So one of the first things that we're going to recommend is that you maybe take a minute and think about whether or not you're setting too many resolutions. Number one, just stop making so many New Year's resolutions. Are you one of those people like I used to be? Uh, maybe, maybe sometimes still am. A little guilty of this. <laughs> when you you kind of you get that burst of motivation, that burst of willpower, and you go from you know maybe one area of your life needing improvement, and so you come up with a great plan of how you're going to improve that area. And then that just kind of motivates you, even though you haven't done anything yet, (laughs) you haven't accomplished anything yet, but just the fact that you've made a plan has now motivated you to make all the New Year's resolutions, right? So here's a a couple of the the most common New Year's resolutions that you always hear about and and kind of the, the cliche ones. They're cliche because we hear about them failing so much because they take so much energy, so much time, planning, and willpower. So they include the big ones, lose weight save money, uh, money, maybe save more money, earn more money, read more books. Why is that always such a big one? It is read more books, read more books, uh, travel. So now we're, we're getting a little bit more into fun stuff, right? I want to travel more. I want to learn something new. How about this one? Quit smoking or drinking or some other bad habit, right? You've identified some area in your life that you're like, I don't want this to be part of my life anymore. I'm going to quit that this year. Uh, how about spending more time with family and friends? All of these things are are good things to add or in some cases subtract from your life. But thinking that you can juggle all of these time-consuming changes is going to set you up for failure because no one of these is a side project. A lot of these things are going to have to be something that are kind of at the forefront and that are going to take up a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of mental uh, energy. So one of the reasons that uh, people make so many resolutions is that uh, you, you, you come up with these, these concepts in your mind, I need to have multiple resolutions because everyone else has a lot of resolutions, right? Everybody else has this long to-do list or-, or Yeah, they got re- their crap together, right? Oh yeah, everybody else has got it figured out. So I should have it figured out. I need to get my stuff together, right? Uh, you don't realize how much time any- single change is going to take. Like we said, none of the things that we listed are a small one-off thing. And so if you underestimate that, you're more likely to add to the list. Maybe you want to revolutionize your life as fast as possible. You know, I'm thinking back to, um, I don't remember where I heard this. So let's just pretend that maybe it's not even true, but (laughs) supposedly, supposedly uh, Benjamin Franklin said that he uh, attacked one area of his life per year. So he would pick a year and say, you know, I'm going to stop this, this bad habit. And that was his one thing that he wanted to accomplish that year. I think that's actually very good. Yeah. 
And again, maybe that was Ben Franklin, maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't. But as Abraham Lincoln once said, the problem with quotes on the internet is you can't be sure of their source, right? That's true. So uh, instead of trying to make several changes all at once, maybe focus on that one important thing. Yeah, and I think I think that this actually feeds into what we're about to talk about next is looking at your motivation. Right. So um, all of this really got started a few weeks ago when I was I'm in a Facebook group and they were like doing all of their goals. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, how, what goals are you going to have in the next 12 weeks or whatever? And when I looked at all these lists of goals, they were all very much the same. They were all those common resolutions. Like everyone had something in the weight loss category and the uh, family relation category and money and learning and all this stuff. And if you are putting all these things on your list because everyone around you is, then that's a bad motivation. You're going to end up stressing yourself out. There's little chance for you to succeed because you're not changing these things because you really want to. You're doing it because you're feeling pressured. Maybe you're feeling pressured by that group, friends, family. Maybe you're just copycatting. There's this philosophy that you're supposed to find that person who has a life you want and then copycat what they do. Maybe you just feel like you should do something. Maybe you should. doesn't mean this is the right time for you to tackle it, but you know you should, so you you think, okay, I'm going to do it. Or maybe you just feel guilty. Now, this may not even be guilt that you should have. Maybe you feel guilty mm. because of societal pressures. Well, right. good parents, good couples, good moms, good entrepreneurs, <laughs> they all do these things, right. and you don't do them, so now you feel guilty. Um, and I could absolutely because I break a lot of the stereotypes of what a successful entrepreneur should be doing every single day. So I could definitely feel guilted into having all these things that other successful and, and people do. What she means by that is you read the books that say, you know, the seven effective habits of highly effective people or whatever. You know, it's you to be a successful business person, you must do X, Y, and Z. And Keely's like, I, I don't do any of those yeah, I don't things. do any of it. I, I, kind of feel successful you know <laughs> the business yeah. is growing and things are good and yeah but with that with the wrong motivation then i think you have little chance of getting it done if you are not an a, a natural born reader it's probably not a good idea for you to say i'm gonna tackle 24 books this year but right. i see a lot of people who never read a book in their life and they're committing to reading one <laughs> book a month and i'm like that is so unrealistic that's, that's from zero to 100 way too fast Yeah, or I want to lose 50 pounds this year. If you have 50 pounds to lose, you probably are going to only lose half of it in a year unless you are, like, changing everything. Um, But when you have the right motivation, then actually you'll end up having a motivation that's bigger than any excuse you can make. It's easier to stick with changes when you believe what you're doing will make an impact in your life or possibly even an impact in someone else's life. But it can't be out of the wrong motivation or you're just going to end up failing. Yeah. So one of the things that we kind of adopted, both of us independently and as a family, is to ditch the idea of resolutions and focus on change, right? So first of all, you know, you got to stop making so many random resolutions and then question your motivation and make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. And then maybe you just need to get rid of the idea of the New Year's resolution, break that mold, break that habit, and just focus on a change instead. Instead of saying, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, focus on the change that you want to see by the time you get to this time next year. More worried about the 
the outcome than the method of, of how you get there. So here's a few things that you can ask yourself. What is the most important thing that you want to change in your life? Most people have a big problem in their life that they need to resolve. Find the biggest one and work with just that problem like Ben Franklin did. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Franklin. That's right. Don't feel bad that you're uh, tackling the problem that other people think should be, uh, excuse me, that you're not tackling the problem that everybody else thinks should be your focus. It's not their problem. It's not their life. You've identified this as the number one thing that you want to change in your life. So, Well, I just want to add to that. It's not just like maybe nobody in your life is specifically saying you need to get right. this straight. But I can tell you that like if you are somebody who needs to lose weight, that may not even really need to be your goal right now because maybe you can't pay your bills. Maybe that's a bigger thing you need to focus yeah, on. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you, you need to prioritize on, on what you value the most, the, the big thing that you want to change. And then again, motivation, why do you want to change it? Write out your motivation for the change. If you find that you want to change something because of those things that we listed before, because you feel pressured, because you feel guilt, because, well, I should, or I ought to, or I need to, or so-and-so said that I should, then maybe step back and reevaluate your goals. Are these actually your goals or, or are they somebody else's? Do you do better if you were like all or nothing? Uh, or do you do better with making small changes? Maybe the, the resolution, like Keely said, of reading two books a month maybe is a little too much. So maybe you just resolve to read more instead of, you know, this number in this amount of time or whatnot. You may have, have gone too far with that. So everybody. Right, so are you an all or nothing or a small uh, changes person? I think I'm an all or nothing. That's the way I like to plan, but, uh, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm an it all or nothing person. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've been wondering what you thought. Like, what do you think is your... Yeah, no, I, I like to think that I'm the all or nothing. And I usually start with everything. And then rapidly, I've overcommitted. And so now I need to back up. And what I have found is that the more effective changes are the ones that happen gradually that I acclimatize to. I, I like the shock and awe of I'm going to do this thing every day, right? Because it, it just kind of jolts you and wakes you up. But what tends to stick around for me is the things that get introduced a little at a time. Perfect example of something that you did. You decided we were going to try and cut back on the sugar intake in our diet. And one of the ways we're, we're from Virginia where we drink our tea sweet. Sweet tea. And so you decided to cut back on, I think, what was it? A cup of sugar? Oh, I'm sure it was like a cup and a half. Cup, I'm cup not even sure. It's um, a lot. Yeah. Anybody not from our region is going, what are they drinking? <laughs> she would do about a cup and a half of sugar. So she cut that back to like a cup. And then the more she cut it back, she realized that the tea was too strong. So you started cutting the, the regular tea with green tea so that it was a little lighter and introduced a little less sugar. And then one day you introduced, you heard about this new thing called stevia, which was brand new at the time. And you started cutting that in. And so we were doing like, you know, half stevia, half regular sugar. And then it was three quarters stevia and one quarter sugar. And now we drink our sweet tea and we're going to lose some street cred with some of our friends and family here with like a third of a cup of stevia. Yeah, it's not and very it's much. it's great. 
But that I think that process took you 18 months to two years, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I figured if I didn't, you guys would vote against me. Like oh, my- if you had just traded, it would have been terrible. And and as evidenced by the fact that whenever we go home and drink your parents' sweet tea. We're like dying. Like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I even drink it. I can't hardly take it anymore. But, you know, it was so gradual and it has stuck. Like that's been years ago that you made that change and it that cut a lot of sugar out of our diet. Um, so those, those, um, type of things work better for me. Some people need to just tear the bandaid off and go for it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like just pull it, pull yes, it a little bit I am more. a cold turkey kind of person. Yes, you are. This is why, this is why I'm so careful about deciding I'm going to do something because I am so all or nothing. Right. So, uh, the last question is, is how long can you commit to making the change? It's okay if you don't decide to make the resolution for the rest of your life or even for the year. That, that resolution, if I'm going to read two books a month every month this year, what if you said I'm going to read two books a month for the first quarter of the year? Because, by the way, sometimes your, your life is different in January than it is in September. Can we say, you know, school schedules and after school activities and, and just life changes that are different summertime. Maybe you're not going to be able to stick with that reading plan while you're on summer vacation and those kinds of things. It's okay if you need to uh, change it up to being a shorter term commitment so that it is a goal that you can actually attain as long as it's still going to help you reach the actual goal. So the last thing you have to do is figure out what method inspires you the most and go for it. So once you know what you want to do, and once you figure out, okay, I'm an all or nothing kind of person, do I need right. to like step into it, whatever, you sh- you've got to figure out what's the best method for you. So here's a common couple ones you can choose from. Like there are some people who do really great with concrete goals. They have a very specific, tangible goal and mm-hmm. they have the ability to break that down into smaller goals and they chip away at it every single week or month or whatever it is. It helps them stay on track to do it. Um, some people do really well with vision boards. This is more of like a hundred foot overview of your life, what you want to create for your life. Where do you think you're going to see yourself in 10 years, five years, next year, whatever you're going to do, but it's not clear. Now I know yeah, a lot of people, they, they do vision boards where they've got like the pictures and stuff, but it, it doesn't mean that it's going to be exact replica of that. Right. Um, this is actually pretty popular amongst a lot of bloggers that I follow it's a word of the year or a theme for the year so they come up with that word that theme the things that they want to accomplish that year and then they say to themselves every time they go to like add something new to their life or whatever is that in line with my theme so maybe this year their word is rest and they want to rest so does that mean they're going to take on the commitments no another kind is taking a challenge You can join a challenge group. You can create your own challenges, um, something that you're going to do for, you know, just a certain period of time. And then you can decide at the end of it, am I going to keep doing this or not forever? But either way, you've made progress. I mean, this is how I changed my diet. I just challenged myself to eliminate the stuff for a week. It made such a huge health impact by day number like four or five. I knew I really was going to have to make that change. But it's a great way to step into a goal. Like Yeah, and and I had somebody tell me one time, you know, you can do anything for three months. You know, so if it's weight loss or it's quitting smoking or it's eating healthier or it's reading the books or getting the training right. or you know 
you can do anything. You can hang tough with anything just about for three months. And then if you find that it has become a part of your life, cool. Then it can stick around. But if not, you set a three month target. There you go. Like you can, you can pull the eject without feeling bad about it. And the last thing I read, this was kind of interesting, was create a bucket list for the year. So I think this is kind of a um, combination of a goal setting, but vision board. Like I want to travel or I want to take a trip to this place or whatever. Like on my bucket list is these couple of things. I want to read right. that book or I or I want to read a book. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um, Check that I, one off the list. I want to lose two pounds. If that means I put it back on right away, whatever. <laughs> you just create a bucket list. <laughs> nice. Well, guys, one of the things that a lot of businesses resolve to do in the new year is to get that website update like you've been talking about for months and months. Did you spend all of last year talking about how much you wanted to update your website and it never got done? Well, this is the perfect time to get that taken care of. And R5 website management is here to help you take your online presence to the next level. If you need a whole new website, or you need to just update or overhaul your existing website, or maybe just some new content, like some blog posts and email newsletters, maybe you offer a new service and you haven't added it to your website yet, we've got you covered. So email us at contact at r5websitemanagement.com to help uh, get started today. And until next week, get out there and start breaking the mental chains that are keeping you from producing.